Hey, welcome to Hope City Church Online. My name is Jason. I'm the pastor at uh, Hope City, and I'm really excited that we get to spend the next few moments together. I, I wish we were together in person, whether at our Shepherdsville location or our South Louisville location. I can't wait until we get to do that again together whenever that is, but I'm, I'm thankful for our team and, and for technology that at least allows us to be together in this way, and it looks like we're going to be doing it this way for, for a little while. So thank you for being a part of this, not just watching, but engaging. Be sure to be chatting and uh, maybe inviting some people to join you. Don't just watch the sermon or the service, but really engage in it and lean in. Um, and I really am praying that God will bless our time today. All right, now we are in part seven of a series called Long Story Short. And we're going to be jumping into that in just a moment. But before we do, I want to tell you about two things that I, I want you to know about that I, I think are important. If you're anything like me, the days are running together a little bit. And uh, so the schedule is a little bit uh, out of whack. But we are headed into Easter week, which is crazy to think about, uh, but it's true. We're headed into Easter week. And I want to make sure you know about our Easter schedule for this week. Everything obviously is online. We're not able to be together but we will be celebrating Easter online, and here's how we're gonna be doing it. Friday night, coming up this Friday night, is our Good Friday communion service. And so we're gonna be taking communion together as families in our home. And we want you to participate in that. That's gonna stream on all the platforms at uh, YouTube and Facebook and, and different ones at 7.30 p.m. So that's Good Friday. And you will need the communion supplies or materials. So make sure you've got some bread or crackers or some juice or some wine. Uh, if you don't, you can, you can pick that up this week. But uh, we want to take communion together. That's Good Friday. And then Saturday, 9 p.m. And then Sunday morning, 11.30 a.m. will be our two live interactive Easter services, just like this one. Uh, the Saturday night, 9 p.m., we call that the kids are in bed service. So if you want to be a part of that service, uh, you can join us on Saturday night or Sunday morning at 11.30. And all of our kids' materials and kids' services are on the app, so you can use that as well. But here's what I want to encourage you to do. Invite somebody to join you for Easter. I believe people are searching for God more than ever. I believe people are hungry for God more than ever, praying and, and seeking. And so I believe, even if you've gotten 100 no's before to come to church, I believe that people will want to participate with you. So invite them to be a part of our Easter services. That's the first thing is the Easter schedule. The second thing I want you to know I'm really excited about is today, launching today, uh, we're launching a brand new 10-day free Philippians Bible study. It's all online through podcasts and emails and something we've been working on. We're home right now, and yes, we're still busy a little bit, but we also have more time than we've ever had maybe to read our Bible and study the Bible. And so if you want to be a part of that Philippians Bible study, like I said, it's totally free. Uh, I, I wrote it, and um, we'll be guiding you through it. But all you need to do is text the word Philippians P-H-I-L-I-P-P-I-A-N-S, there you go, two P's, one L. Text Philippians to 94090, Philippians to 94090, you'll, uh, you'll get it from there, it'll take it, it'll take it from there. So Easter services in the Philippians Bible study, make sure you know about that, okay? Now, like I said, we're in part seven of this series called Long Story Short, and over these last 10 weeks, or over 10 weeks, we're covering the Bible from Genesis to Revelation trying to connect the dots and, and just kind of understand the larger, bigger story uh, of the Bible. Because let's be honest, it can be a little bit intimidating sometimes to try and read the Bible. It was written over a period of roughly 2,000 years from three continents, and 
It was written in three different languages. Um, it's a collection of 66 books, but it's really just one book. And, and honestly, it can be intimidating sometimes, but that's why we're doing this series. We're doing this series so that we can understand the story of the Bible, drawing a line from story to story, and, and hopefully getting to know a little better the God who wrote it. So let's recap quickly the, uh, the six weeks that, we, that have led us to, to this uh, week, all right? The first week we talked about creation and Adam and Eve and, and the original sin. And then uh, the next week we talked about Abraham and God's promise to make his family into a nation. And then the next week we talked about Moses and the exodus and the nation coming out of slavery. And then in part four, we talked about Joshua and judges and the kings and and how the nation set up their kingdom and their homes. And then part five, we talked about the prophets and their warnings that, that people were falling away from God. And then last week in part six, Pastor Joe talked about the exile, which is when the warnings finally came true and the nation of Israel was captured and their, their home was, was destroyed. So these are the six parts that we've already covered. And if that sounds like a lot, uh, it's because it is a lot. It is a lot. We've covered six weeks. Uh, in six weeks, we've covered about 4,000 years of Bible history. And all that has brought us to today and the arrival of Jesus. The arrival of Jesus. Now, this was such an epic event, the arrival of Jesus, that we actually define history by it. We, we define history by B.C., which means before Christ, and then A.D., which does not mean after death, even though uh, that's what I thought for the longest time. Uh, A.D. actually comes from the, the Latin phrase or the Latin word anno domini. I'm probably mispronouncing that, but it just means in the year of our Lord. So A.D. means it started when Christ was born. And so Jesus is so wonderful and so powerful and so amazing that his arrival defined history. We look at time as before he came and after he came. That's how amazing he is. Now, we're all alive after Jesus came. But if, but if you were a Jewish person in the Old Testament, you kept hearing about this king who, who was going, going to come and there were prophecies and predictions and, and everyone lived with this anticipation that the Messiah was going to come. And this happens for thousands of years, thousands of years, 42 generations to be exact. And I, I want to show you, uh, if you have a Bible, um, I want to show you this in Matthew chapter one. We'll, we'll throw it up on the screen for you as well. But in Matthew chapter one, maybe you've, you've read this before. I know, I think Pastor Katie read it to us the week that she spoke, but maybe you've seen this before and it was a long list of names and you just skipped it because you weren't that interested in it, but it's actually pretty important. And it lists all of these ancestors and genealogies and family tree of Jesus. But in Matthew 1, 17, this is what it, it says. It says, all those listed above the list include 14 generations from Abraham to David, 14, to David to the, 14 from David to the Babylonian exile, and 14 from the Babylonian exile to the Messiah. And that's, that's Jesus. And these are the stories that we've been talking about for six weeks. It was all pointing to Jesus. Now, the very first week, first part, I, I told you that sin always promises to make things better, but, but always makes things worse. And, and week after week, story after story, 
That's what happened. Sin led people away from God, and it just kept making things worse. Maybe that's the story of your life. As you, you look at the sin and decisions you're making, and you keep thinking that it'll make it better, but it makes it worse. Well, that's the story of humanity. That's the story of creation, and that's the story of the Old Testament. It just keeps getting worse. And so there was only one answer, and the answer was, was Jesus. Jesus is the answer for sin. He, he was the answer for them, and he's the answer for us, and he will be the answer for anyone who, who is to come. He's the answer for sin. And so that's where we are in the story uh, of this long story short, that, that we're coming out of the Old Testament and we're moving into the New Testament. The Old Testament covers most of the Bible. All of this part is the Old Testament, and this part is the New Testament. And what separates the Old Testament from the New Testament is the arrival of Jesus. So six weeks in the Old Testament, moving into the New Testament and the arrival of Jesus. But there's a problem, and here's the problem. Even though our sermon series, and even though the Bible is moving into the New Testament, a lot of people, maybe you, never move out of the Old Testament. They never move out of the Old Testament. For, for most of us, the Bible stories that we know and, and the, the version of God that we, that we think of is the Old Testament version of God. And what do I mean by that? Well, at the most basic level, I'm kind of summarizing and stereotyping here, but at the most basic level, we think this, this kind of idea that if I'm good, God is good. But if I'm bad, then God is mad. Let me say it again. We think if I'm good, God is good. But if I'm bad, God is mad. And we never move past that idea because we picked up this idea in the Old Testament. We picked it up through all the stories in Sunday school and bedtime and VBS and camps. We, we picked up this idea that if I'm good, God is good. But if I'm bad, God is mad. And, and we never move past that, but we should because Jesus changed everything. Jesus changed that. And there's actually a, theolo a logical name for this. It's called the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. Now, covenant just means uh, an agreement. And, and so there was an old agreement and a new agreement. And the old agreement was probably like you would guess in the Old Testament. And the new agreement is in the, the New Testament. And so God made an agreement or a covenant with Abraham. And then he made an agreement or a covenant with, with Moses. And as you read through those stories and read through the Bible, you, you see that covenant. And it involved a lot of ifs. A lot of ifs, that if you're good, I'll be good. If you follow me, I, I'm going to bless you. If you stay close to me, I'm going to set up a land and a people. A lot of ifs. That was the old covenant. But, but Jesus changed that. And once Jesus came, there was, a, there was a new covenant and a new agreement. All right? And I want to show it to you. It's in John chapter 1. I'm going to throw it up on the screen, but you can look it up as well. John chapter 1, verse 17. John 1, 17, this is what it says. It says, um, for the law, that's old covenant. It says, for the, for the law was given through Moses, the Ten Commandments plus a lot more. That, that, that law was given through Moses. But God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. This, in one sentence, is the difference between 
the Old Testament, Old Covenant, and the New Testament, the New Covenant. That the Old Testament and the Old Covenant was about the law and, and what God gave to Moses, but the New Testament and the New Covenant is about, about Jesus. And so the Old Agreement had a lot of ifs, but let me, let me tell you what the new one is. The Old Agreement sounds a lot like if I'm good, God's good, but if I'm bad, God's mad. But the New Agreement that God has with human beings, the New Covenant is this. Are you ready? God's agreement to you and me now is, I'm going to love you and there's nothing you can do about it. That's his agreement with you and me. When the old covenant was a lot of ifs, but now it's, I'm going to love you and there's nothing you can do about it. I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty amazing to me. Doesn't that sound good to you? But as good as it sounds to you and me, we struggle to imagine that it's possible. And we struggle to understand that, that how big of a deal that was for the Jewish people in the Bible and in the Old Testament. I want to try to explain it to you. I want you to imagine for, for thousands of years that the only way you could know God, we, we don't understand this because we, we live AD, but just imagine that for thousands of years, the only way that you could know God was to try to keep the 630 laws that God had given Moses, not just the Ten Commandments, but 630 laws that, that God had given Moses. And every time you failed one of those laws, which by the way was a lot, you had to offer a sacrifice and you had to go through ceremonies and rit rituals to be, to be clean. And it sounds strange to us, but this is the way that if you were back then, this is the way your grandparents did it, and this is the way you do it, and this is the way that your grandkids are going to do it. You follow the law. It's about willpower, and it's about discipline. If you're good, God is good, but if you're bad, God is mad. That's, that's the way it was. That's how it always was. Now imagine that one day you're, you're going through all your rituals, and you're trying to be good for God, and someone shows up, and they, and they tell you about a man named Jesus. And you were maybe suspicious, and, and so you, they, they were able to show you uh, the genealogy. They were able to show you that, you know, he came from Abraham. And they showed you all 42 generations, and so maybe you were warming up to the idea. But, but even better than that, they opened up the Old Testament, which you would know well if you grew up Jewish, and they connected and showed you all the things that Jesus did that, that the Bible had predicted, the Old Testament had predicted and prophesied that, that he would. But here's the kicker. Then they tell you that if you want to have a relationship with God, all you have to do is believe that Jesus is the Savior that you need. That's it. You just have to believe what they're telling you. That Jesus is God's Son and He came to be the Savior that you need. And you believe you need a Savior and you believe Jesus is that Savior. Now put yourself in their shoes. No more rules about mismatching garments or eating shellfish or shaving your beard. There's some strange ones there. You need to go read it, but they're telling you, if you want to know God, you can just believe in Jesus. That would be good news, wouldn't it? I mean, that would be amazing news. No more ifs, just the faithful love of God for everyone who accepts Jesus as their savior. This is the gospel message. What I'm telling you is the gospel message that Jesus is the answer for the sin that keeps you from a relationship with God. And you would think, you would think that everybody would love this news. 
You would think what I just described to you that once everybody would hear it, they would want to receive it. It's this unbelievable news, especially the people in the Bible, especially the Old Testament people and the, and the New Testament people before Jesus showed up. You would think this is amazing news. They'll, they'll want to hear this. They'll want to believe in this. But sadly, not everyone did. And, and, and still to this day, not everyone, not everyone does. Maybe you're watching this right now and, and you don't. See, for some reason, even though God made a new agreement with them and, and with you and me, for most of us, we still want the old agreement. We're still trying to be good for God and not make him mad. And we're still trying to earn his love. And if we were being honest, we would say, you know what? I prefer a list of rules. Just tell me what I can do and tell me what I can't do and tell me when I'm good and tell me when I'm not good. Just give me, give me a list. But Jesus changed everything. It doesn't work that way anymore. I, I want to read you one more uh, section of the Bible, a few more Bible verses. It's in Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3, and it's verse, uh, verse 21. I'm going to read to verse 25. But just one more verse to kind of bring this home and help us understand that we don't have to do it like the Old Testament anymore. And this is what it says in verse 21. It says, but now, talking about A.D., now A.D., now Jesus, now new agreement, now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. Those are the 630. 22, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. Verse 23, for everyone has sinned, and we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God in His grace freely makes us right in His sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when He freed us from the penalty for our sins. For God, verse 25, presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. Now, we're going to talk about that next week, Easter weekend, Easter Saturday and Sunday. We're, we're going to talk about that shedding of the blood and the sacrifice for the sin on the cross. But, but today, I want us to just focus on his coming and his arrival. That when he showed up, we moved from the Old Testament to the New Testament, not just in history, not just in the Bible, but in our hearts, me and you as well, that we don't have to do it like the Old Testament anymore. We get to use the new agreement. And the new agreement is God loves you and there's nothing you can do about it. This is the gospel message that Jesus is the answer for the sin that keeps you from a relationship with God. And the word gospel literally means good news. Did you know that? I don't know if religion or Jesus or church makes you think good news, but it should because the gospel message is good news. Jesus is good news. So for just a few more moments, here's what I would love to do. I'm going to give you five reasons that Jesus is good news. Five reasons that Jesus is good news because we're not doing it the old way anymore. We're doing it the new way and that's good news. So five ways that, that Jesus is good news. Number one, Jesus is good news because now it's grace instead of guilt. Grace instead of guilt. Now, the new way, under the new agreement, it's not about feeling guilty or ashamed because of your sin. It's about accepting the grace of God. 
That's one reason that Jesus is good news. Another reason that Jesus is good news is because now it's belief instead of behavior. Belief instead of behavior. It's not about all the rules and the laws and the, and the rule book and the ceremonies and the rituals. No, it's about belief in Jesus that he's the savior that you need. It's not about what you're doing. It's what you're believing. That's good news. Let me give you another one. Number three, the reason Jesus is good news is because now it's forgiveness instead of fear. You don't have to be afraid of God. You don't have to worry about lightning bolts. You don't have to worry about him flooding the earth. You don't have to worry about him getting even with you. That's the old agreement. That's the Old Testament. It's not the new way. Now we can have forgiveness for our sins and we don't have to worry or be afraid of God because we can know that we're forgiven and we have a right standing with God. Let me give you another one. Number four, why is Jesus good news? Because now it's relationship instead of rules. It's relationship instead of rules. That we keep talking about these laws and all these rules and and the old way you had to do those in order to claim that you were a part of this group of people, but that was the old way, not the new way. The new way says you can have a relationship with God and you don't have to jump through hoops and you don't have to do it a certain way and you don't have to follow a certain list of rules. You can have a relationship with God. Let me give you one more. Why is Jesus good news? I'll give you another one. Because now it's heaven instead of hell. It's heaven instead of hell. That before Jesus came, we did not have a way to be saved. We couldn't have a promise that we would spend eternity with God forever. We deserved death. We deserved hell. But Jesus came and he died on the cross. And now if we believe, we can have heaven. I guess you're starting to see why Jesus is good news. Jesus is good news because it's relationship, not rules and, and grace and not guilt and, and heaven and not hell and and belief and not behavior, all these reasons, these are reasons why Jesus, the gospel message is good news. So let me, let me end by challenging you this way. Are you still living like Jesus never came? Think about it. Are you still living like Jesus never came? Are you still trying to earn God's love? Are, are you still thinking that if you're good, God is good, but if you're bad, God is mad? What kind of words would you use to describe your relationship with God or your connection to God or your belief in God? Would you use words like guilt, behavior, fear, rules? Are those the kind of words that you would use? If so, you may still be living in the Old Testament. You may still be living the old way, but the good news is today, if you want to, you can believe in Jesus and be made right with God. Not because you're good, but because God is good and he loves you and there's nothing you can do about it. I wanna pray for us and I wanna give somebody a chance to start a relationship with Jesus Christ. I wanna give somebody a chance to be saved and to put your faith in him and to have a relationship with God. And so if you would, wherever you are, your couch, your phone, your bedroom, would you just close your eyes with me, bow your heads maybe, and, and let's pray together. God, thank you for Jesus. 
Thank you that when I didn't have a way to have a relationship with you because I could not keep the list of rules and obligations that it required, that you sent Jesus to make a way for me to know you. And so God, I pray that you would help me to, to stop living like Jesus never came. Help me to stop living the old way, the old testament, the old obligation, the old agreement, and to start living the new way, believing that you love me, believing, God, that you have grace for me and not guilt, believing that you want a relationship with me and not rules, believing that you want me in heaven and not hell. And so, God, I pray right now, wherever they are, wherever they're sitting, wherever they're located, that if somebody is listening to these words and they don't have a relationship with you, that they wouldn't miss this moment right now, right now, God, to be able to start a relationship. While you're still head bowed and eyes closed, I just want to ask you, if there's nobody around, maybe, or maybe there are, maybe your family's around, but if you would say, I'm ready to start a relationship with Jesus Christ, right where you are, even if you're by yourself, will you just lift your hand up? I know that maybe if you're, nobody's around, this feels silly, or maybe if you're with family, you could lift your hand up. But here's why I want you to do that, because it's just one step. It's one, it's one step to say, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm taking some action to let God know that I want to be saved. And if you raised your hand, or you thought in your heart, you know what, I do want to be saved, here's what I want you to do. I want you to repeat this prayer with me. All right, repeat this prayer. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner. Please save me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. The next time I fall, help me to get up and to run to you and not away from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if we were together at our Shepherdsville location or at our South Louisville location, we would be clapping and celebrating right now. So wherever you are, wherever you're sitting, whatever part of the service you're in or wherever you're watching the service, can we just take like five seconds and celebrate people who just gave their life to Jesus? Come on. Yeah. Will you celebrate with me? It's amazing that somebody started a relationship with Jesus. Well, I love you. I can't wait for us to be together again. And if you made a decision today to start a relationship with Jesus, would you put that in the chat? Or maybe you could email care at realhopenow.com and let us know so that we can do whatever we can to help you in this new relationship with God. I'm going to send it back to uh, some of our campus pastors and our MCs to continue on with the service. But I love you, and I can't wait to celebrate Easter with you next week.